Hey, you're about to listen to The Random Fandom, and we want to say that we had a few technical difficulties. Some of our sound equipment was just having one of those days, so bear with us and pardon the audio dust, but thanks for listening. Here you go. The Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast is brought to you by... Attention, friends. Weed? Yeah, it's legal in the state of California now, and I don't know about you, but I love to munch it up when I'm feeling high. And nothing is better than a fat-ass pizza when you're high. And I've been thinking, wouldn't it be just like heavenly if both pizza and weed could be gotten from the same place? For sure! That's why I created the ultimate in cannabis and culinary convenience. Hi, I'm Jerry Geraldson, proud owner of the all-new chain of pizza and pot businesses called Papa Jerry's. We're the first ever Double Take and Bake. Pizza joint. At Papa Jerry's, we have all the finest offerings of medical-grade pot and delicious oven-ready pizza. Try the Maui Zowie and Maui Wowie combo. Pizza and pot together, dude. So come on in, grab your pot, grab some pizza, take it all home, and get twice baked. Just make sure you preheat your oven to 420. All right. We've got all your bacon accessories, too, from breadsticks to bombs. Come check us out at the all-new Papa Jerry's Double Take and Bake. We'd love to see you. Brandon, let me ask you a question. You are a music lover, are you not? Yeah, I sure am. When's the last time you saw a great concert? Oh, man, it's been a while. It's been too long, right? But let's face it, nowadays, you don't really go just for one singular act. What's in nowadays, it's the festivals, right? Yeah, yeah. And and festivals are great, don't get me wrong, but what's the worst thing about them? Oh, they're so expensive. So expensive. So what if I told you you can get all the hits of so many of your favorite bands, but for a cover band price? Wouldn't you want to go? Go on. Well, that's why for guys like you and me, this is going to be awesome. It's the first ever. It's coming in September of this year. It's called Coverfest. 2018. It's going to be in our own backyard, and we want to invite all the random fandom with Brandon Brand listeners to come check it out because so many bands are going to be covered, and yet you get to see all the hits. What's one of your favorite bands? Red Hot Chili Peppers? Right. And who better to do Red Hot Chili Peppers than Scotland's owned Red Hot Chili Pipers? They're a bagpipe playing band that covers nothing but Red Hot Chili Pepper tunes. Wow, those are two of my favorite things. Red Hot Chili Pepper and bagpipes. It's, you know, the punk scene of LA meeting the boroughs of Scotland. It's going to be great. For the metal fans, it doesn't get much more metal than Judas Priest. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. But check this out. These guys got such a cool gimmick. They're called Nudist Priest. They're doing all the Judas Priest covers that you love and know while nude on stage. Wow. Now, this is going to appeal to the older demographic, potentially, but still, you know the hits of Phil Collins and Genesis, right? Oh, of course I do. You've never heard them like this. This is Dr. Phil Collins. It's a band of Dr. Phil impersonators doing all the hits of Phil Collins and Genesis. Now, this is going to appeal to you because I know, A, you're a big fan of Imagine Dragons. I sure am. Who isn't? And I know you love Game of Thrones. Wait a minute. Are you telling me yes, Imagine go- Drogons will be there? The Imagine Drogons oh, will be there. Tell God. people about them real quick. Well, I mean, it's just what it sounds like. Yeah. It's an Imagine Dragons cover band cosplaying as Game of Thrones characters as they play the music. Coverfest is coming. Wow. But not this winter. It's this fall, September, like I told you. So about- what else is what else is going to be there? Johnny Depp Hesh Mode, where every band member plays a different Johnny Depp character covering Depeche Mode members. Sounds interesting. Right. Like the, the lead singer is obviously Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, got to be on drums. Okay. Yep. Those would have to be replaced quite often. <laughs> yes, he goes through a lot of strings. It's really fun to watch. <laughs> Drums don't have strings. 
damn it. <laughs> Even better. Uh, we, they do when he plays. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to see him. It's really uh, awesome. It's unique. Uh, and uh, Gilbert Grape uh, is the bass player because he's sad and lonely and leads a depressing life. Like most bass players. Like most bass players, right. And I'm actually going to give you credit because the last band we want to highlight, you helped discover, tell people about this awesome band. Are you talking about Pairs for Beers? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the world needs to know about these guys. Tell them. Oh, these guys are great. You're so right. Good. You're right. I did discover these guys years back. It's a Tears for Fears cover band that feeds <laughs> pairs to live caged bears on stage while playing the songs. That's Pairs for Bears. So when you want to see a Tears for Fears band, but you also want the thrill of seeing what a bear looks like when it's eating a pear, then you want Pairs <laughs> for Bears. perfect. Oh, man. Coverfest 2018. Check them out at coverfest.com. There's nothing like it, and there will be nothing like it, because it's Coverfest. Yeah. Now back to the show. Yes, it's the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast. Two best friends named Brandon here with you for the 57th time. Thank you for joining us. What's on tap for today? So today we have just two topics to discuss. What? E3 just happened, which I am excited about seeing new trailers, seeing some new games that we haven't even heard of before. Yeah, that's for sure. So we want to get deep into that. We're going to give you our thoughts. And then also, we just saw Incredibles 2. We did. Uh, So it just came out this weekend, and we're going to give you our thoughts on that in a sort of spoilery-ish review. Minor treading and the spoiler territory. Yeah, we're going to try to really hold back on the spoilers, but there's not not too much to spoil in that movie. Cool. So we've got a post-E3 breakdown and a post-Incredibles 2 breakdown. I think there's no reason to keep talking or stalling. We should just get to it. Let's just get started with uh, some video game discussion about E3. I'm excited right now. You're not my best friend, by the way. Oh, thanks. So you don't have to worry about it. But that's not why I was excited in the first place. Anyway, I'm excited because E3 just happened, and there's a handful of games that I am really looking forward to. Give me five without premeditated thought right off the top, whether it's firm and it's going to happen, or if it's just an announcement and it may never happen, what got you hyped the most? So definitely Fallout 76. I knew you were going to say that. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a fallout junkie i'm actually a whole bethesda junkie so therefore i'm also super excited for starfield because i have no idea what that's going to be like but we know it's open world we talked about this in the last episode bethesda's been working on a space open world game and using their style and their engine i think that is an awesome idea yes they also announced just that they were working on Elder Scrolls Six, which we know they're working on. I mean, it could be ten more years for all we know. Well, what exactly. does working on mean? And they didn't show any gameplay. They didn't show anything that. So it's just still a concept at this point, more uh, than anything. Yeah, I mean, they definitely they Kinda definitely have the team saying. working on it. Like that's for sure. Yeah, but we just don't know anything about it. So um, I, I know that's kind of cheating because that's three things right there from Bethesda alone. Well, then by that math, would the fourth be Doom Eternal? No. No. I didn't even finish The Last Doom. Okay, so give me four and five then. Last of Us, part two. Gotta be. And the last one would be that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice game. Yeah, what's going on there? That looks pretty 
Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So that's I didn't even know that sometime game was in a 2019. Thing. Some of the games obviously were already working titles, or you know had a glimpse from last year, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. This game came out of the blue for me. We did get a little bit of a hint of it before when a video release that was just an arm with something wrapped around it, and it was very kind of gory and bloody, and it said "Shadows Die Twice." And so, oh, and you thought Bloodborne too, then Tenchu, but now it turns out this is connected to this. Well, so here's the thing: is is Shadows Die Twice is sort of a reference to Tenchu. Yeah. But uh, the creators of it are the ones who did Bloodborne, and it's very gory. So we thought we the internet we the internet thought the collective this we. is probably Bloodborne, and I actually thought I read something saying that that was confirmed that it was Bloodborne too, and then so it was a surprise to me. To find out that what it was was Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, is what the game is called. And what it ends up being is it's a feudal Japan ninja-style game. And this is when we talked a little bit earlier. to Tenchu, actually. And that term soul successor might apply here. To Tenchu? Yes. Yes, I, I agree. Be. And we don't know, but the main character obviously is a ninja of some sort and uses that grappling hook similar to the way Tenchu did. And yeah. You know, but this one looks gorier. It looks uh, like the gameplay is a little bit more in the lines of a, a Souls game. So I, I'm just kind of curious about that. I was excited for that. So just recap your five real quick. That was... Your biggest takeaways. Three Bethesdas. We've got Fallout 76, Starfield, Elder Scrolls, The Last of Us Part Two, and Sekiro. Good knowledge. Good knowledge, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, well, good list is Let's what do I the same. Let's do the same. Uh, yours. What are your Okay. Five? Caught me. I mean, I knew this game was eventually going to happen and it had been rumored, but the announcement of it. Here's a war pop? I know, right? Uh, about that. <laughs> Actually, that led to some good news, so I'll accept it for what it was. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Yeah. Resident Evil 2, the remake. It looks awesome, and there's a 20 minute demo that's been released already to go oh, with really? it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's online. I it's on YouTube. Had no idea. It, it ranges. Oh, wait. oh, so you mean. There's not it's a, not a playable, playable for it's us. Cl- no, it's like closed okay. to you know select media outlets or uh, channels or something like that. But there's 20 minutes worth of gameplay. Uh, picks up at least in this demo when Leon just gets to the police department, and then the ensuing 20 minutes. It looks freaky. It looks cool. It looks gory, and it looks and I'm new, excited for brand it. new engine. Obviously, yeah, no more fixed camera angles like they did. Almost, I mean, damn, this game is what 98, 99, so. 20-ish years old, and it looks like it just got a really fresh can of paint, and I'm really excited for that. And uh, we know now that it came with a release date, January 25th, 2019. Oh, cool. So, good stuff. Uh, also, I am really, really excited, even more so than before, for uh, Gears of War 5. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I ha- Well, I didn't know, but I was hoping, and I thought so. And you get a little bit of a cinematic slash small slash gameplay. gameplay trailer. Yeah. Looks really awesome. Looks like it's picking up like pretty much right where. When um, you're done, we should talk about how they announced that whole thing. Yeah, that was a fun progression, wasn't it? Um, they kind of threw people for a loop, <laughs> but a good loop. Yeah. Uh, Metro Exodus. I'm I'm excited even more so. I haven't seen a little bit more, but I'm disappointed because I originally thought, and maybe this is something I read or I just had in my mind or will wishful thinking that it was going to be out this year, and now it's being pushed back to February of 2019. Mm. But, you know, that's seven months. That's that's not horribly long. And I'm, honestly, this holiday season, we're getting plenty of games. We're going to be so inundated. Which we'll go over some of the release dates when we're done here. Yeah. 
Okay, that's three. Let me just quickly wrap up my other two. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. It's looking cool, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and the producer, I read a quote, uh, said this game will feature full frontal nudity, both male and female. Hell yeah. Excited for that. Well, then I want to change my top five. (laughs) Yeah. And then, even though this is still, I think, more of a conceptual title, and it was just announced, they had no visuals to go with Mm -hmm. it, but just in principle, a story-based Star Wars game... Uh, with a working title, yeah, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Oh, oh yeah. come, come on, man. And that's from the same people who uh, Respawn, who yeah, did Titanfall yep. 1 and 2. I'm really hoping that it's from the, like, more from the people who had everything to do with the story of Titanfall 2, which was, wasn't was bad. No, it was quite good for a, uh, a shooter. Especially that's known for its multiplayer. Exactly. So I thought, yeah, give me some of that. Cool. Other games... Um, got me really disinterested, and then there was just some like, oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's. So we covered the highs for us. Okay. Why don't we cover some lows? We don't have to have a set number, but All just right. what was kind of like felt like a dud or unnecessary. Yeah. Anything in particular? Like for me, Division Two. Eh. Yeah, I I didn't get very far in the first division, and I I know there's a, a category of players who really like the first one, and obviously that's going to excite them for the second one. But I don't think either of us were a part of that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was first kind of interested in until I saw some toys attached to it was Starlink. Yeah. Battle what? for Atlas. Yeah. Didn't know anything about At this. At first I was like, okay, where's this going? I, this might be neat. And then all of a sudden they show that there's these peripheral toys that go with it. And I, I just... Oh, all uh, whole, a... Um, how did they do... What were those games? Like the, the Lego Dimensions and stuff like that? Well, yeah. And then they've got the, the Nintendo... Amiibos? The Amiibos, that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And I was drawing a blank on the name. So yeah, that was... Those kind of games aren't for us. Yeah, and they're just not for us. So Starlink was kind of a a little bit of a disappointment for me. Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. Their big announcement was that every character that has ever been in a Smash Bros. game is now in this one. And I was like, that's really cool, but I want to integrate some new things. I want you guys to do some cross-licensing, and I want to get some random characters from other games and other series into to smash brothers that's so what i was hoping to it's see it's super smash brothers ultimate is the title but it's more like super smash brothers reunion kind of like we're getting the bands all the bands back together but here's my thing is that i never really got that excited for smash brothers the only reason i was really interested to see what this game would be is because there's not that many good games right now on the switch yeah they did announce, though, Super Mario Party, which Could I think fun. that's not like my style of game to sit down and play, but it's one If a, you go to a friend's house and they happen to have it on, though, you might be glad that they have it. And that's exactly it. Like that, I could totally see my my friends and my family coming over and just playing that, and, and we would have a very good time doing that. And we've done that with uh, the old 64 one. Let me chime in real quick. Some of the lows for me is the lack of anything made public with Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm like, this is your chance. This is your showcase. And some people yeah. might uh, have you believe that Rockstar typically kind of no-shows or very, keeps their uh, uh, you know their hand close to their chest, so to speak, yep. when it comes to E3 and showcases like this. But this was, I was really, I thought, this is where we're going to see some gameplay. This and is where we're going to learn some characters. Didn't. Apparently, 
a private viewing was held. And I don't know if that was just to select audience members or media or whatever that well, means. Uh, yeah, it's just to uh, closed door media, you know, specific it, that's invite only. So it is. I thought that was a miss. It's not a low. I'm still going to play the game. I'm still going to look forward to it. But that was just kind of like something I was really looking forward to getting to know more about and never happened. Yeah. At least not for us. I agree. Um, you know, another one was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, who needs it right so, now? So I watched a, a gameplay video, like a very long gameplay video. And what I was looking for was something that was different and something that was new. And it's a beautiful You're not game. You're going to find it necessarily so, yeah, in this so one. The, so Odyssey takes place during the Peloponnesian War in Greece. And it offers this kind of beautiful aesthetic. But there's just something so same about it. And I wanted something a little bit different. I think a lot of people, fans of the franchise specifically, were really renewed when uh, Origins came out because it had been two years and it was a new style and they integrated RPG elements. And it was like, cool, you know, for mm -hmm. a lot of people. But now, less than a year later, we're getting a sequel yeah, that looks this like one's it's coming just... coming out in October of this year, October yeah. 5th. And it's just like, who really was chiming for a new one right now? I don't know. It, that was, yeah, that was kind of a, a low point for me on the C3. In addition, for me, Devil May Cry 5? Well, there is a big fan base out there that was asking for that. For me, I don't remember the last time I, I played one. I tried that remake they made a few years back where Dante's like a short-haired, short black yeah. hair, and he's definitely smaller, and he's kind of like this like new age. They like, didn't make him rocker. look so He was not intimidating. Weird. In this game? No, I mean, well, yeah, in the previous games. I love, in this I love one, for the original Dante. In this one, he's got the short hair again, yeah. but he looks normal, and he, he looks like a, a, a generic white dude. Yeah. Um, but at least he doesn't look really weird. No, it, I, yeah, he's coming back to a little bit. It's one of those that, like, I was never too much into the Devil May Cry series. I liked I liked several of them, but I, I just never could get too deep into it. So when I saw this, I watched the whole, the whole preview, and I was Me like, too. eh. Eh, I, I not a needle mover. I think it's it might be good. It's just I don't know if it's my style. S same with uh, Jump Force. Do you see that one? Yeah, I wasn't really feeling that one either. Yeah, that was. But then again, I've never been that style of game. So okay, go conceptually, ahead. I'm excited for another Wolfenstein game. Yeah, me too. But I gotta kind of say it's like a, a dud a little bit for me because it's just so close. I mean, we're, we're just six months removed from the last one. It's like. You know, let it have a little bit of time. But who knows, by well, the that, time it comes out, it yeah. might be a while. Because they did say soft commitment date to 2019. Yeah. And it's clearly um, Blazkowicz's daughters, I guess, now we've... Twin, twin daughters, yeah. Yeah, because when, you know, New Colossus leaves off, which now I don't have to spoil anything since you retroactively went and played it. I um, just beat that. Yeah, fun game. This fun, week. Fun game, great game. My initial impression from the trailer was, Okay, so is this a game without BJ Blazkowicz? So what's wrong with that? I I love you would, him. You would, you had mentioned that before, but I I feel like, and I a part of me gets it because when you attach a main character to a certain franchise, but I I think this one's welcome. I we shall see. He could still very well be in it, for all we know. Oh, and I'm sure he will. This I mean the same way that Marcus Phoenix. I did have kind of a callback to that too. So and yeah. of course I loved I loved so, that. So so when Marcus was out of Gears of War, people were kind of like, I don't know if we're gonna like this, and it ended up being fine. That was so especially dumb. especially when he was still in the game. Yes, yeah, so that was so dumb when they showed the Gears of War graphic on screen, and people were like, yeah, and then all of a sudden, little Funko pop. Yeah, so comes let's out. let's talk about that. So, so it was good and bad. Yeah, 
it was bad when they announced <laughs> Funko Pop. Gears so, or something so it like started that, with the Gears mobile. of War logo, That's and you good. hear the crowd, and the well, crowd goes crazy. As well, I would if I was in attendance. And then a video starts of these little pop figures, like <laughs> the, literally the the vinyl pop figures. Yeah, in an animation breaking through a wall, and and they're like, yeah, Gears of War and pop, and new mobile game, one of the most violent franchises of the modern era, I and know. one of the cutesiest little collectible. I was it's just a like, weird is this, crossover. I thought, is this a joke? And it wasn't a joke. It was a, like a, a misdirection. It was. But so I, I remember being on the couch and I was watching that on uh, on a live stream on YouTube. And my girlfriend was there with me. And I was like, Gear, when the Gears of War thing came up, and I was like, oh, yes, this is going to be amazing. I was like, this is an awesome game. It's one of Brandon's favorites. And then it, the pop figures came out. And yeah. she was like, it looks kind of childish. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, is- that is not <laughs> that is not the Gears of War I was talking about. And then I was like, Man, if that's it, people are going to be pissed. Oh, yeah. And then they were like, and now we're going to talk about gear, a new Gears of War, Gears of War Tactics. And then I was like, okay, this that's messed up that they keep doing this. And then they announced Gears of War 5. And I was yeah, like, when the cool. emblem's like all frozen over and you're <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is what we're getting at. All the other stuff is just little ancillary tie-in stuff. I get it. So yeah. that was good and bad. Similar was- to the way Fallout Shelter was sort of a... A precursor to Fallout Four, yes, which was which was awesome, and I'm excited for Fallout seventy six as well. Not as much as you, but it does look cool. Trailer does. Yeah, you never really... played four, right? No, I did not play four. Do yeah. I? Do you think I have to play four? No, I don't at it, all. In they're, addition, they're not connected, and no. that's what makes me like excited because yes, I just never got around to four. I didn't have the hundred hours at the time. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred plus probably. Well, God, that that game could be as much or as little as you want it to be. I mean, uh, I easily put in well over a hundred hours into that. Let's just kind of uh, quickly go over some of the, the downs for us that are out there still. Battlefield Five, not really wanting to play this game based on what See, I'm seeing. See, I am. Mm. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I you're like wrong. the new aesthetic. I like the style. And the fact that they're just bending the knee like so many of these franchises to the, you have to have a battle royale nowadays. It's like, well, if everything does it, then it just feels less and less special. Well, then we're just going to get inundated with battle royale until everybody kind of gives up on it. And then that's... it. it it might be a fad or it might be something that sticks around just the same way like a team battle does. And I agree, but I've never known the Battlefield franchise to be kind of a trend chaser. They're just well, like, yeah, Call of Duty can keep doing its thing over there and we're going to do our thing. And that's what I feel like I've really liked. And this looks like they're just getting too stylized. and Everybody takes from everybody, though. You're true. You're you know true. what I mean? Like, It's hard not to nowadays. The last thing that was kind of like a, I would give a thumbs down to because I knew it was coming, but still doesn't make me any less like or any more excited for it. Halo mm-hmm. Infinite. Oh, I Generic know. franchise it's become and a generic title too. Yeah. It's like way to put That's Infinite. That's been done. Everything putting Infinite on it Basically and it's just saying, annoying. Yeah, we have a lot of sequels. So where do we go from here? Ooh, go Infinite. And Master Chief, Yeah, he's getting old. I know. Just yeah. show us his face already. I know. Come on. Seriously. Um, you, That'd be cool know, if he was an alien underneath there. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be a good twist. And then they can do a whole, how many ever games from that. So last, a little bit of a disappointment was Beyond Good and Evil 2. I was expecting mm, to see. Yeah. So they had a small gameplay thing before that was just flying around. And it was mainly to show the sense of scale in the game. Right. And I really wanted to see something different. I, I wanted to be like, okay, zoom down. 
onto one of the planets, like what does it look like? What is, what is your character doing? How does that character play or fight or whatever? And I didn't get that. All we got was another cinematic trailer, which they're gorgeous cinematic trailers, but that's not what the game ends up being in the end. Yeah, so you can't play a cinema. So I was a little disappointed. I, I agree with you there. So should we go through it? Let's go through the games. Everything else just kind of in between? Yeah, well, let's talk about... Let's go in order um, of some of the more mainline games okay. that are going to be released. Um, first couple to mention is um, every year, there's a Madden and an NBA Yeah, Live. you expect those. So August 10th and then um, for Madden and September 7th for NBA Live. Also, uh, September is going to be a great month with some of these bigger releases. Spider-Man. Which we saw a little more from. I don't feel any more excited, any less excited. I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's what I would expect. What's interesting to me is I feel a little bit less excited because the more gameplay I see, the more I kind of go, hmm, it's so it might similar. Be fairly one-dimensional. It's so similar to all of the other Spider-Man gameplays, and Hope I just to wanted them to wrong. find something new. But For I, real. yeah, I, I, I will play it. And then that's uh, September 7th. That is slated to release, pending any changes. We hope not. And just a week later, we saw more from this game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. Any more excited? Any less excited? For that? Yeah. uh, Pretty standard. Yeah, I'm just... Like, I will play it, It will be a good game, I would imagine. I don't... I'm not going to buy it. I might rent it for a bit. I'm not sure. Sure. When I'm not doing Gamefly, I might start up Gamefly again, just temporarily. Especially in the fourth quarter or fall season into winter. You had mentioned uh, Assassin's Creed. You said that comes out in October. We're looking at an October 5th mm-hmm. release date. A couple others around October. And then, we, yeah, Super Mario Party actually is also October 5th. Right. Um, and then a little bit later... That's on the Switch, right? Yeah, only Switch. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Meh. Uh, which is the 12th. Also, Starlink, the one I mentioned that I wasn't excited for, also on the 12th. And then right... A week later, trying to bite the sales away from Activision, uh, you got <laughs> EA uh, weighing in with Battlefield Five, mm-hmm. October nineteenth, and then a little bit later, we get Red Dead Redemption. Holy moly! And then for October is going to be a pocket emptying month. And then for some, I mean, there's nothing happening for two weeks after that, which is smart of all games, basically all the bigger AAA games, yeah. to just lay off. Don't touch Red Dead Redemption at least for the next two weeks. But the scary thing is, is Fallout 76 is the next one. which That's uh, three weeks later, yeah. Which is on November 14th. Those are two open world games. They're obviously different styles. But it's like, you, those are the same players. And so they have to be a little careful there. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to play both for sure. But for real. if I'm in the middle of Red Dead Redemption, it's going to be a while before I buy Fallout. I hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. A surprise release um, announcement and oh, release yeah. for yeah. me. Just Cause yeah. 4. Didn't I, know, I didn't even know that was happening. It, I like the other Just Cause games. I played them all, beat them all. This one looks the same. Maybe a few more little tricks here and there, and then obviously much better graphics. Yep. So, I, uh, yeah, cool. I'm happy about that. Let's hit fast forward a little bit. We'll kind of do this pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers, like we were talking about. December. December 7th. It's my grandma's birthday. Happy birthday, Carol. January uh, is going to bring us Kingdom Hearts 3. Not personally a fan. We knew this was coming, so more power to those who felt uh, enlivened by what they saw at the C3. And then your Resident Evil 2, yeah, January 25th. January 25th. Crackdown 3, uh, the exclusive to Xbox, is coming February. Anthem is also February. Metro is also February. Man, February is going to be crazy. Metro Exodus is February. Yeah. So those are... Crackdown, Anthem, and Metro are three games that I want to play all coming out in the same month. Yeah. Did you feel any more excitement for Anthem? 
after some of the the footage that E three showed us? No, not really. I it was so similar to what we saw before. I remember in the first demo they showed, it was very scripted with the the players who were playing. Right. Oh no, we'll wait to go in that cave and when <laughs> Sam joins us next time, he needs the experience. And Super like, cheese ball. That kind of stuff. I was like, okay, step off a bit, guys. Just I show the like gameplay. They they reeled it in this time. I think this game, if I had to bet, it's going to have awesome gameplay. I think, just based on what I'm seeing, it's going to really feel like it's lacking story, though. I don't think there's mm. going to be a good story yeah. behind it. I think it's just going to be a super cool engine. We'll see. We I, get to see in February. I February hope, 22nd. Yeah, I hope that you can play it as a single player and still enjoy it and not have to feel like you have have to have friends who also have the game that you mm. invite. Because in a game like that, I don't know if I'd want to hook up with some random people. Yeah. I'd want to talk with friends in a game like that. And I'm not going to have that many friends that are going to have this game. So hopefully it's not necessary for it to be a good game. And then really quickly, the only other confirmed game that showed up at E3, Division 2, has a March 15th release. Some of the other games we already mentioned are hopefully or supposed to be coming out in 2019 but no one mm-hmm. knows exactly when so they're kind of just floating in that calendar year but that includes the wolfenstein game a new ori game which could be cool yeah uh skull and bones looks like it's everything sea of thieves <laughs> fans wanted from sea of thieves but it looks pretty it, cool it does look really neat but so did sea of thieves so right but this one grain of salt i think they i think skull and bones is in a good place right now where they could look at a failing pirate game for and they real. can basically come out of the gates saying, hey, you know that pirate game that you guys have been asking for for a decade that, that you, you haven't really got? Get. And then how you were really let down with the last one? Don't worry, we'll deliver for you. Yeah. And I feel like their demos pulled forward on that. I mean, they were good demos. The uh, game looks great. Another game that kind of snuck in there, and I was like, oh, again, much like um, Just Cause 4, I didn't know it was coming, didn't know it was announced, was uh, Dying Light 2. Yeah. Could be fun. I am excited Don't about that. remember story wise really f- seen the need for a second one i thought it was pretty self-contained but but in that world of a zombie apocalypse you can do anything it's endless yeah exactly this one is they tout the whole your choices really matter which we hear time and time and again you know so we don't know so how often much that's they gonna... really don't though exactly you know? so exactly. I, I would like to think that this and that's going to require a lot of story writing just so yeah. it can, you can choose your own adventure and have it feel like it, it matters rather than just everything leading to the same path eventually also uh gears right far cry 5 far cry 5 sorry been out <laughs> devil may cry 5 devil may cry 5 i don't know why i said it. it's like i just far cry 5 hd i'm looking at a list and i just see a five and i'm like it's far cry yeah why not um the new doom game yeah which the trailer say what you will about how you like the previous game or since it became property of bethesda but that trailer's really cool yeah it is um they're supposed to be now double the enemies cool yeah I always thought that there was a lack of enemies anyway, so I'm like, is double... Wait, double as in on screen? like there's Different types. There used to be twice, five, now there's ten. Twice the types oh, of Oh, more demons. variety. Yes, yes. Cool. I'd like to see some new me guys. Me too, me too. Yeah, I think it'll be... add some... I felt like that was something that was lacking from I that game. I completely agree now thinking back at it, yeah. You just, you kind of fighting the same things over and over again. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, good call. So, and then going forward, ones that we do not have an announced date for, or even a TBA a year you would say. four is Cyberpunk, Beyond mm. Good and Evil, Halo Infinite, mm. Elder Scrolls Six, obviously Starfield, um, Control. Do you remember Control? Not really. 
Control is a is a new game by Remedy. Those are the folks that did Quantum Break. Oh yeah, that and one. so it's a very unique style that we're not used to seeing in a third person perspective type game. And it looks like they mess with kind of what reality is and maybe what time is, similar to some of the other stuff that they've done. So I mean, it looks cool. I don't I don't know if I'm too excited about it, but and these are they're still floating out there and then you know the time space mm-hmm. when's it going to be released so it's it is hard to get excited about a lot of these things especially a new entry mm-hmm. or a new franchise potentially or just a new standalone game you know last of us 2 is going to happen you just don't know when right. so and it's that's another easier one to be excited a for a game like that um, I really like that cinematic they showed by the way yeah me too it's going to be a cool cool experience i was excited that it dipped into a gameplay yeah and because that's kind of what I've been wanting to see, and and granted, it's not anything too new, but it does look polished. Like it, I like how in this situation you're fighting what looks like just a band of assholes, <laughs> for lack of a better word. It's, yeah. It's this game in that sense reminds me of what a Walking Dead game should be. And let me kind of hijack that real quick. You mentioned Walking Dead, mm-hmm. wasn't as much as I would have liked, but we did see a little tiny bit more from that new Overkills The Walking Dead. Uh, we got a new mm-hmm. trailer with a new little three-minute story about a character we assume they're going to introduce, and it, like 30 seconds of what could be actual gameplay. It almost looks more like cutscene gameplay than anything, but... Yeah, it didn't... I would have liked a, you know, hands-on, like, here's a 15-minute here's a gameplay look. tech demo. Yeah. That's what I would have liked, but... That's okay. That's coming. I am intrigued by that game. I'm hopeful for it. It did look like um, it. It took me back to uh, Left 4 Dead feel. Yeah, because I was just going to say they the same have, thing. They start the trailer out where you have all four characters that we've seen in some of the previous trailers, the, the yeah. cinematic trailers. All of them lined up, and they 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 just even in that sense they look like the Left 4 Dead kind of characters, yeah. right? Especially the old guy Bill. Yeah. And whoever he is, equivalently speaking, in this game, he's the one that's kind of narrating. It sounds like sounds like the older dude. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it it was like an interesting mix of a Walking Dead game because a lot of it looked wa- very Walking Dead ish. And you you had mentioned it looked like they're in Alexandria in one point, where that or a style like that. Yeah. Um. But God, it sh- it it looked like a four player co op zombie game, so similar to Left 4 Dead, and that actually mind. gets me more excited. Yeah. I'd love to. Sorry, I, I, got, that. I got really excited just <laughs> saying that. Um, and a couple more. One that I mentioned real quickly was Ghosts of tu- Ghosts <laughs> of Tushi- Tsushima. Man. Sashimi. Um, Ghosts of Sushi, which, I, I, like I said, I am really looking forward to that game. It looks gorgeous. We did see some gameplay. Yeah. Actually. And the gameplay looks really cool. Consider me intrigued more I, than before. Me too. Me too. So I'm very happy about that. But yeah, if, unfortunately, we them. don't have any date. And then uh, the last one was Death Stranding, of course, which we know is the coming. The gameplay was just never. Uh, the gameplay showed you nothing. Really didn't. Did they show gameplay? A little bit. I, you know what's yeah, so funny? Yeah, there's like a 10-minute... Out of everything in E3, that was one of those things that I was like, you know what? No. I'm it, just not going to... It's just too far out Pay at attention this point. right now. Yeah. I know that... And I, and I listen to these other gaming podcasts, which I don't recommend. Just stick with ours. Please. But I do, just to hear how poor they are and how amazing we are by comparison exactly but but they like these cinematic trailers i've heard them on multiple occasions to say oh man they can keep bringing me these cinematic trailers for years and i'd be happy and i'm like no i'm so tired of it we need a payoff eventually just, yeah give me something concrete yeah let us sink into our teeth that's not how you say that Mm-mm. 
Give us something to sink our teeth into. Yep. That's better. Yeah. All in all, E3 was good. <laughs> I mean, it was. What I, can it, I say? There's a lot of games that got me excited. I mean, I feel like this was one of the better E3s in a long time. Microsoft had a kick-ass show. I yeah, think they, they needed totally a strong showing. They totally took it this time. Um, I was a little disappointed with Nintendo. Yeah. Very happy with Bethesda. No more Metro Prime uh, news. Yeah, I know. So I think, you know, if you listen to our previous episode, we had talked about what we were hoping for. A lot of it came to fruition for me. The only thing that really was just kind of a bummer, no new Borderlands announcement. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was a disappointment. Oh, we saw more from Rage, though, in that kind of oh, post. Yeah, yeah I'm not really feeling any... Just very Lynn kind of meh about that. Borderlands, you're right. That was one of those that I really wanted to see. I was also hoping at some point to see something from Sea of Thieves. I think I mentioned that the last it's podcast. It's just an announcement. There's new DLC coming. But or I just wanted like to that. see. I wanted to see what it was, and I haven't seen anything we about were told what it is. We were not shown. They did have a Hitman. Yeah. Which was something that I was. That little I wanted trailer to see. looks pretty cool. It does. I mean, it looks very similar to the the last game, but it looks like this is a a one solid game. Not the whole... It's not fragmented. Yeah, not the whole fragmented where you just download once every couple months when they come out with something new. Cool. Seems like a good place to finish our video games discussion. We are E3'd out. But hey, that leaves plenty of time for us to talk about our topic of the week. The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler, mild spoiler review coming up right now on Incredibles 2. Fourteen years after The Incredibles 1 came out, we finally get the sequel, Incredibles 2, coming out in theaters this weekend, and we just saw it, and so we want to go over our general thoughts and then break down the movie into some smaller details and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. The Incredibles means a lot to me. I really do like The Incredibles. Yeah. I did not like this as much as the first one, and I don't think you're supposed to. I don't think anything's really as good hard. as the original. It's so hard to capture that magic again, but in a different way. They had a story to tell in the first one. They It didn't feel that same way. It didn't feel like they had a story to tell. Like, oh, we just got it. It was like, oh, well, we've got a sequel to make more than a story to tell. Sorry if that sounds like it's you know splitting hairs, but I know that's how I felt. I can't necessarily describe what you, it. What you're thinking is they... They came out with the idea to make the sequel first and then said, let's make a movie about it versus somebody probably with the original Incredibles said, God, wouldn't it be great to make a Get superhero? No, I mean, with the original was it would yes. be like, let's make a superhero film about a superhero family. Yeah. And, and then they wrote it based off that idea. And then this one, it was more like, let's make a sequel. And they wrote the story off of this, the, the idea to make more money on a sequel. Yeah. Is that what you're kind of saying? I think that's a fair I, assessment. I get what you're saying. I did enjoy it. Um, it wasn't without its little like, hmm, moments, but at the same time, I'm not going to grade a movie like this, uh, you know, or critique it as close as I would something like, you know, many of our beloved Marvel franchises Mm -hmm. or something else. Uh, it was just enjoyable. It was a a cool excuse to hang with my kid is what it was. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. I love you, son. (laughs) No, we did see it separately. Uh, you saw it a day before me, uh, which broke, broke my geek heart that you couldn't be there to um, grunt whenever you heard something you didn't like. <laughs> I wouldn't do that with a movie like this. Though. No, I know. Uh, and, and honestly, this was a good movie, so you probably didn't do it at all during this movie. Cause it, Very it's, little. It's not, a, it's not as good as the first one. I 100% agree with you. But it's not a disappointing movie. No, not at all. It was... It was very enjoyable. It was enjoyable, and it was 
exactly what I thought it would be and exactly what I hoped it would be. We want to break it down a little further? Like yeah. Subcategories? We can break it down into like the visuals and the animation and the music and the art and the directing and all that. Um, but before we go into that, I do want to just talk about the general concept of, I mean, we have this whole family dynamic going on, which we had in the first one. It didn't get tiresome in this one. It was it was still there, but with different family problems. And I really enjoyed the fact that the movie went out and did a gender swap of what we would expect a movie like this to be. Yeah. Because Mr. Incredible was kind of always the main hero in this city. Yeah. And now um, Elastigirl is 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 kind of that prize. Yeah, and he's doing the Mister New Mom Hero, thing and instead. he's yeah, and I love that they did that. I, I love that they weren't afraid to go there, and I think they it, it added a good dimension to this that worked probably both for kids and for adults. Yeah, and that's actually another thing I want to talk on, talk touch on, talk on it. I will talk on it as I touch on it is this movie was, I think, equally enjoyable for kids and adults without having to go into too kiddie humor and too adultish humor. It was, and that's it a, was a, a, a very general, good-for-all audiences. And that's almost a hallmark of just kind of well-done uh, animated movies nowadays, but mm-hmm. no better place exemplified than by Disney Pixar, and they kind of really started it. Yeah, they really did. They were they were able and to that's not from to the s- get go just put out movies that appealed to everyone. Correct, and that's not to say that other studios don't do it or can't or different franchises like How to Train Your Dragon, for instance. Love that. By the way, there's the third one coming out. Do you see the trailer for it? Let's do what you had mentioned and kick into some of the details of the movie. Let's start with like the visuals. Did you what, what did you think of just the general? Oh, visually, visuals? it was great. There was one particular scene that was just like mesmerizing. Almost no pun intended. Do you recall when Elastigirl breaks into the dude's apartment and he locks her in that cage and it's nothing but just like the flashing lights? Oh, and, it was so cool looking. You know that one. Um, I really got it. Tripped I me remember. Out. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, gosh, if if there's somebody who's epileptic in oh, the theater, screwed. this is going to be hard to watch. Yeah, but it was visually, it was very interesting to watch. And I think I think the art didn't sway very far from the the old one. It had it that same seemed feel. Very similar. Yes. And it it didn't seem like it was a vast difference, and I kind of almost hoped to see something visually a little bit nicer and sharper and brighter. I don't know what, but it just felt like the original, and maybe that's a testament to the original. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe this one felt a little behind the times because the other one 14 years ago was so you know, advanced. Yeah, yeah, so maybe. They just kind of balance out somewhere And maybe the they didn't want it to, s- to seem yeah, too different. Yeah, they wanted consistency, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Who knows, yeah. Who knows now, what was going on with uh, the art direction and whatnot? But it was it was a good product as far as the visuals go. And you know, speaking of the visuals, I think the uh, action sequences and were the directing phenomenal. were really good. Oh yeah, and people are like directing and animation, absolutely. Oh, just because they're not like actual stunt actors or anything like that. But the the craftsmanship, and you can just tell that. I mean, you can just feel the fact that hundreds, if not thousands, of hours were spent. You know fine-tooth combing over every little detail. And that first action sequence, that last action sequence, they were just, and everyone in between. There was a, f- a good amount of action in this movie, which I was... There was. Know, which was a thumbs up for me. But yeah, I, I remember feeling that way. And, you know, like I said, I took my daughter to this movie, so I couldn't, like, lean over to her and be like, oh, how about the direction in this movie? <laughs> but I, I was, like, taking mental notes in my head. I'm like, yeah, this is something worth mentioning because it really stood out. It did have really good cinematography. It, it matters, for sure. It does. And I actually, I really liked how 
they brought in these new superhero characters like the void and crunch and and how they not only integrated them into the action sequences both as a good guy oh wait should this is it's okay it's fine okay sort of as a spoiler both as a good guy and as a bad guy right and um and they also had some good humor behind their powers and who they they were as characters and i thought they were a really good welcome addition because last time we did not really see very many supers you just kind of learned about them yeah except for uh frozone basically sure and but here we got to see him in action i'm gonna slightly have to disagree with you um that actually to me was one of the only real complaints i had about that i thought Minus the Void character, mm-hmm. who was voiced by someone. I could easily go look it up, but she I knew she sounded familiar. Um, everyone else was kind of forgettable and just kind of throwaway to me. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, didn't see many personalities. And like the old guy, yeah, he spits. Yeah, Reflux. Uh, yeah, and he got one line in. And then the Crush guy just, I thought they were kind of generic and they were just kind of ancillary and throwaway and just didn't add much to it. But Void, they tried to make her stand out a little bit. Like you wouldn't be surprised if you see her if they were to do a third one. Because she, yeah. you can tell she like admired Elastigirl. Right. You know, they were kind of the rookies and looking up to the veterans. Yeah, yeah, and you did get that feeling. And I agree with you; they didn't really get much time, and they didn't get almost any character development. But I kind of feel like they weren't supposed to. They were just supposed to enhance the action sequences that were already happening. If they, well, the word I was using is throwaway, or I guess another way of saying it's disposable. But if you're saying maybe they were supposed to be that way on purpose, then okay. I mean, I just. Because this is really about the family, right? Yeah. And the, of course, good versus evil plot that's happening. And that really is all centered around the family and their dynamic and how they're dealing with it. And I I do feel like the added superheroes were just there to enhance the sequences that would have been with or without them. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I follow you there. and, And it allowed for certain things where, you know, once again, this is a tiny little spoiler, but... But when Elastigirl needs to get really high up on a helicopter, the Void happens to have the power to get her there. And so it was also like an easy explanation for how okay, things might happen. Okay, what game did it remind you of, the Void's character? Oh, Portal. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was kind of cool. And I actually really liked the way they used her It felt in a very clever and fast... Like her hands were portal guns. Way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. very cool. Now, one of the things that I was really impressed with not only in this movie, but also the very first one, was the music. Music was great. The music, I, I think, I, I really enjoy it when a movie has it was a very signature, signature tune. Yes. yes, exactly. Damn right. They have a signature tune that you can recognize as their own. Now, what the composer did, Michael Giacchino, he did the first one as well, he created a theme that was very reminiscent of almost like a, a 007 theme, yeah. but it still felt like it was its own thing. And it so so it right away connotated the exact feeling that we were supposed to feel. And I love how that theme is thrown kind of throughout the movie, the same way you would get out of like a say a Star Wars movie or an Indiana Jones movie. Like anything where where that signature theme is constantly resonating through the movie. I felt like that was here, and that's something that you don't get out of very many Pixar movies. Like a signature theme. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That that was a, a high point for me. I did like the message that it seems like they were off on their own a lot in this movie yeah, and that they got separated a lot, all of the first one, but they're best when they're functioning together and that's when they can make the most difference. And it was just a very sweet family message is five different, completely different personalities and wants and desires. And the kids just not don't want to stay hidden, but 
you know, they know to still obey their parents, but they know when to disobey to yeah. help their parents. Well, they know when it's right, and they know that their yes. role is to help, even if their parents kind of tell them to stay back. It's their duty to help. So that was a good message. Yeah. Somewhat reminiscent of the first one, but just still on display for the story that they had put forward. Uh, they featured the baby very heavily, for sure. Yeah, Jack-Jack was a highlight, yeah, in my was, opinion. Yeah, it was mostly funny. Felt like they went to the well one or too many times with it, but sure. it was fine And at, at the end. Um, you know, and it made the kids happy. I will kind of say that I wish there was more Frozone. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I could have used him that. a little more. I, I like him. I think that he's just a fun character. Um, and then it's not anything that I'm going to be talking about years from now, but that's for better or for worse, like not good or bad. It was just, it was a very good movie. You know, yeah. it was just enjoyable. It was lighthearted. Yeah. It was a, it was a good family sequel. movie. That... It was a good sequel. Yeah. You know, you can tell clearly when they did Incredibles, they didn't have like this storyboard written out years from now, a la like, you know, episode four. And then it was not like he just did episode four and was like, oh man, this was really successful. I got to do another one. Yeah. He already had a whole vision laid out. This clearly was, to me, not the case there, as evidenced by the fact that it was a 14-year gap. But it was a good sequel and it didn't feel like there was any less care or attention to detail. It just didn't feel as impactful or as memorable as the first one. But the villains were a little weak in this one. I liked uh, Syndrome, the first one, particularly because it was voiced by Jason Lee, who was awesome. But it, it, there was a reason for him being there. I didn't quite follow the logic. You know, because I know how, yeah. how, how two siblings take complete opposite views and on that's their parents' death. But, you know, one of the things about those two characters, I enjoyed both of them. Yeah. But I felt like I could have called what was happening oh, from the away. moment they walked through the door. And that's fine. And, and I, you know, it, it, I thought to myself, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're edging towards this, so that the audience kind of has in their mind what they think, and then they're gonna even shift it more that nobody would have thought's coming. But they didn't, and it's a, it's a kids movie, so I, you know, they don't want to get too complicated. Yeah. But yeah, so when that whole double cross thing happened. I mean, I remember uh, my girlfriend and I were sitting next to each other, and she just leans over and goes, didn't see that coming, and I was like, I know, because it was pretty obvious. It was, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, just the villainry wasn't as good. They were good characters, though. Yeah, they were fine characters. I just thought, you're right, their reasoning was kind of And, you know, slapping hypnosis goggles on people, eh, easy, superhero stuff, but it was fine. Like, But that just little, little reasons like that as to why it's just not going to be like a classic like the first one, but it's not trying to be the first one. It's just trying to say, hey, we hadn't forgot that a lot of people still wanted to see yeah. more from these guys. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it, for me, minus maybe Toy Story 2, uh, I think it's probably the most fun I've had with a Disney Pixar sequel at this point. Yeah, yeah, Wasn't that's like, a good one. I never that's really felt point. Finding Dory. It was like, eh, this is kind of unnecessary. I thought Finding Dory was good, but... It was DLC of movies. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, uh, Toy Story 2... That was good. Yeah, this one didn't really introduce any new characters. I don't think they're going to take. Well, besides those those other superheroes that eh, we got, but really even probably five just, minutes with each. Yeah, yeah, probably the void. They gave her a little shine more than the others, but I don't think they're going to take any of them with them going forward. If they were to do a third one down the line, right? And that's fine. But uh, yeah, solid movie. Let's let's slap a grade on it. If there's nothing more to to really discuss. Yeah, you know, for me, I did have a genuinely good time, but it's interesting because when I. When I think about it, like, what is the lasting effects? It's not going to be long for me. Right. And so it puts me right around, like, an 
I would put it at an 84. Yeah, this was a solid B. Same here, dude. I was going to say like 85 territory. Yeah. It's just a solid B movie. It's just a good movie. And it's exactly what we wanted and expected out of this Pixar movie. Dude, between Avengers and Solo and this movie and anything else, I've given Disney a lot of my money lately. Dude, Disney's getting everyone's money. No doubt. The rich get richer. Yep. And the poor just get entertainment. Podcasts, I was going to say. There you go. We're entertaining ourselves. Hopefully, you've been entertained by what you've heard here today. This was a very topic focused recording. I kind of like it. E3 and Incredibles. And Incredibles. Now we get to break it down into what we always do at the end of our podcast, which is the Shadow of the Synopsis and the Awesome Quote Geek History. Yeah, let's get it going. Brandon, last week you stumped me. I should have had it. I didn't. What was that, Invader Zim last week? Yeah, or two weeks ago. Last time. (laughs) Last episode, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping, for those of you playing along, that you can get this and that you can get this. Okay. Everyone goes home happy that way. Are you ready? Yep. I'm going to describe for you, as you guys know if you've paid attention before now, either a video game, a TV show, a comic book, a movie, and not only do you have to identify what it is, but what it it is. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) But what it is, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. When thugs employed by a crime boss lead a vicious assault on Dr. Peyton Wilder, leaving him literally and psychologically scarred, an emergency procedure, unlikely as it may be, allows him to survive. Upon his recovery, Dr. Wilder can find some solace only by returning to his scientific work developing synthetic skin and seeking revenge against the crime boss. He assumes a Phantom Avenger persona who, with malleable facial qualities, is able to infiltrate sow terror, and reap fear in the criminal community that hurt him. <laughs> I threw in that last part. Uh, you know, I have I, a, Yes, I know. Do I you know? A, I, no, I, I don't. I have a lot going through my head, and I'm going through these, like, kind of 90s movies that, that took an idea like this, um... But I can't pinpoint what it is. I can't put my finger on it. So I, I'm going to have to forfeit this one. What is it? Dark Man. I don't even remember Dark Man. What? It was in, it was in mid-90s or early 90s movies. It was 1990. It's a good so, movie. So I remember... See, that's the thing. Is like I remember something of that time period, but there was a handful of this style, like The Phantom and, and Dark Man, and remember The Hollow Man, and like all of this stuff started coming up, except Dark Man. <laughs> Because I, I honestly never saw that movie. I can I can understand where your headspace was. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you got it at home, congratulations. You're better than Brandon this week. Yeah, apparently. Well, that was... Dark. Dark. <laughs> Man. Good, good pun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we missed, but we're going to hit with this week's awesome quote in geek history, are we not? Yes. You know, I was thinking about... God, you know, Jurassic Park was such an awesome movie. I'm, I'm going to do a Jurassic Park quote. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a quote from the voice of Frozone, Samuel L. Jackson. Here you go. Hold on to your butts. Well, there you go, everyone. That is episode 59. 59? 59. 57. Is it 57? Are you sure? I'm I'm really sure. Okay. Episode, <laughs> I'm just sure. Episode 57. Thank you for staying with us for 50 all 59 episodes. <laughs> 50. So we're projecting hey, that you're we going to be here for another have two weeks. More than 57. Yeah, but cuz okay. Yeah. They so don't know maybe that. I'm correct. All right. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that at you, uh Wait, you can or you should? You both. 
you both. You both. You both All should. Of you, both of you who are <laughs> no, listening. Just two of you should get a hold of us. You can uh, reach us at randomfandomwbb on Twitter. What about for those of you who Gmail, email, Gmail us, email us <laughs> at our Gmail account? Randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Sorry for making it confusing, but yeah, that's the one. And of course, whatever app or uh, podcast app thing you're using to listen to us do <laughs> go check out all our old stuff see what we're up to over two years ago now wow it's been wow. a while it has it's been dude aaron lewis would agree leads it's been a while. yeah thank you thanks for listening to our podcast thank you for being a fan of our fandom may the force be with you too and stay geeky goodbye <laughs>